Welcome to West Virginia Beer Roads, a podcast all about beer from a West Virginia perspective. I'm Erin McCoy, here with my podcast partner, Charles Bakwe. Welcome to our annual Oktoberfest show on West Virginia Beer Roads. This year, we're going to make it fun and interesting by talking a little bit about beer styles and beer traditions related to Oktoberfest, all the while we are sampling six Oktoberfest-style beers from West Virginia breweries. So to get started, I want to introduce my fellow Oktoberfest crew here. Uh, First, we have Aaron McCoy. Aaron is our co-host on West Virginia Beer Roads. Aaron, I'm glad you're back, and I'm glad we're back for another Oktoberfest tasting. Thank you, Charles. I am happy to be back. I very much look forward to our Oktoberfest annual tasting. It's always a lot of fun. Yeah. And next is home brewer from Charleston, West Virginia, which... uh, Chris Brown, you're here to talk to us a little bit about the technical things. Uh, yes, welcome sir. back. Thanks for having me for the second year, I think. I think third time. Maybe third. Is it third time? I'm not sure they were in sequence, but that's yeah. fine. We're happy well, to have Thanks you. for having me back. Yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, you, you're here to, you, you know, you know these Oktoberfest beers, and we love having you and get a little... Uh, little more information from a guy who actually brews beer because Aaron and I aren't particularly aren't brewers. You know, we are, we're drinkers, you know. Right. Well, I am, well, I am too, to be fair. <laughs> we need the technical information yeah. from you, Chris. <laughs> Let's start out by saying that Oktoberfest is all about tradition. And tradition means that you kind of have a lot of history, you know, and it doesn't mean that everything's the same. The beers that are brewed now uh, weren't brewed 200 years ago when Oktoberfest was getting started uh, in Germany. And through the years, there's been an evolution of Oktoberfest styles and Oktoberfest beers. I mean, it's not something that is just static and that there's one kind of beer that's, you know, one style that has to taste like this. Um, so, they vary depending on, as you know, a brewer. You've brewed Oktoberfest-style beers, Chris. I mean, you've made your recipes. You don't necessarily follow just one recipe, do you? No. I mean, it depends on what you're shooting for, too, so it changes. Yeah, I mean, it does. And every brewer, you know, is going to make slight tweaks to what's their, you know, the malt mixtures that they use, mm-hmm. the hops. I mean, the techniques they brew with, decoction mashing. I mean, all the right. different things that you can do different uh, lagering techniques. I mean, it's all going to be, uh, every beer is going to come out unique. And so to start out with, I want to get us a beer that we can taste. Um, and I'm going to have Aaron, Aaron, introduce beer number one of our six beers from my Virginia. Yes, that's right. Beer number one is a fest beer, and this beer is coming to us from Big Timber, which is out of Elkins, West Virginia. And we've got this one ready and waiting to be sampled and discussed. (laughs) All right, let's all get a taste of it to start with. It's very clean. Well, this, I think, is a good example of a contemporary what we call fest beer. I mean, aren't all of them fest beers? Well, there's Oktoberfest beers, but then there's fest beer style, the contemporary fest beer style. Maybe, uh, Chris, you could explain a little bit about what this contemporary fest beer style uh, is all about. Well, um, first of all, it's it's a simple German lager. Um, It's a golden German lager that they're now serving at Munich's Oktoberfest every Mm -hmm. year. 
they're lighter than the typical Meritzen are, and that's because people now like to drink way more, I believe. And it's evolved over time to the brewing uh, process, just like you mentioned earlier, too. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, it's really light for a lot of different reasons. <laughs> so I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, but, you know, I hear that these beers are maybe a little higher ABV on average than the just a straight like a Hellas beer from Germany or a lighter yeah. lager beer. Yeah, what way more than a Hellas, but yeah, less than a Märzen though. You think that the ABV might be even lower than a Märzen style? Yes, or in that, but it's still yeah. probably a very similar range would be my thought. Right, and and it doesn't mean that uh, what you find in Germany is going to be what we find in America and what our brewers takes on those German styles. Right. I would think mm-hmm. you know. Well, anyway, uh, this one, I mean, low bitterness, uh, mostly dry. I mean, that's the direction yeah. that that I understand these beers have taken. This is a beer style that's taken over uh, Munich since I guess the eighties, nineties, seventies. I guess it came out, and uh, and nowadays you you really don't find. Uh, I mean, you have to ask for the darker beer. If you just ask for a, a you know a liter of a beer, you're going to get, get this that. type of beer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. fest beer. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, what do we think about this beer, guys? I mean, what's how's it fit that you know golden, slightly uh, uh, malty, just low bitterness beer? I think it's right in, right in on that. I description. think so too. Yeah. And it it's not like overly sweet, which these beers shouldn't be, anyways. It, it's maybe slightly, but it's mostly dry. I would say, which is yeah, this is very much on the dry side. Yeah. And, it, and that, I love it. And that's what, you know, we see when we, and we get occasionally, you can find a few of the, the bottled beers from German breweries that are in that fest beer style here. And I've had a, already had one or two this year. And yeah, they're much like this. I mean, it's, I, I, I think Big, uh, big Timber nailed it. Yeah, they nailed, nailed it. I think so too. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, all around, this is a great beer. It's very crisp and dry for sure. And easy to drink. Yeah. Right. Hmm. Definitely low bitterness. Well, you know, an American-style uh, Oktoberfest beers are more like fall celebrations. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's true. they may have any kind of beer. You go to a Oktoberfest down the road here in a small city or something, you might find any kind of beer. I mean, <laughs> you know, Aaron, anything you think about? Like, well, I think we were at one the other day, uh, an Oktoberfest-style we party. We were, yes. But so you didn't see just Oktoberfest-style beers, did no, you? No, there, there were a lot of varieties. It was interesting. I, I definitely saw some that were uh, very high ABV I, a few of them had some interesting names, but I, I won't get into that. Instead, I saw some ABVs at 10%, some were even more so, and it was a lot. Yeah. You probably saw some pumpkin beers too, right? Tis the season for those. I, actually, I didn't see many pumpkin There beers. weren't a whole lot down there. Were there not? Yeah, no. not. A, and we're talking about October West, which is yeah. a big Charleston beer festival mm-hmm. um, on the west side of Charleston. It's kind of a become like the largest beer festival in the area but there was a bigger variety than i anticipated yeah. and in my opinion at that particular Oktoberfest, i think it was more of a Meritzen style than a fest style yeah well anyway uh, american brewers are notorious for just 
you know, adulterating, doctoring up a beer style. They don't mm-hmm. think any beer style is good enough that they can't change it, right. you know. And so they'll add something to it or take something away or change a technique. I mean, and they'll do this with uh, Oktoberfest beers, too. What we tried to do today, though, to pick the beers that we're going to be tasting, including this first one and then the next five, I'm looking more for beers that are in a more traditional German right. style and not ventured way out just doing something crazy and different just because they can. So let's uh, wrap up the talk on this uh, first beer and uh, then we'll move on to uh, beer number two. Well, that's a you Okay, we're back with beer number two. Aaron, take it away. For beer number two, we have Prost Alle, which is a Meritzen beer from Bad Shepherd Beer Company out of Charleston, West Virginia. All right, guys. So let's give this one a taste. Yeah, I mean, it's a little, little different style than we originally had. Yeah. The color is definitely darker. More of an amber, mm-hmm. pure amber, I say. Yeah. I think it's a bit of more, a bit of more golden amber. There's well, the clarity's great on it too. Uh-huh. I, I, mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, as Aaron mm-hmm. mentioned in the introduction, this one is a Merzen style beer, and that's mm-hmm. spelled M-A-R-Z-E-N. We call a lot of times in America a Marzen, M-A-R-Z-E-N. Uh, Chris, maybe you could just give us a quick summary of what is that Merzen style? I mean, what distinguishes it? So a Merzen is going to be a heavier style than a Fest beer. Um, it, we're going to talk about later with the grains, but the difference is these grains are a little more caramely or toasty, not necessarily sweet, but more roasted or kilned, which we'll talk about later. So these mm-hmm. beers typically tend to be more toasty and slightly sweeter than the Fest beers. Yeah, so I guess there's probably a range, though, of how colorful they are mm-hmm. or how sweet they might be. You that, know, Yeah, and that range can go from like, um, a darker golden color all the way to just about what you would say would be a brown ale or something to mm-hmm. that effect. Very dark, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, so you can go from this to very dark and rich. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Which you mentioned heavy earlier in your description. And mm-hmm. for me, I find heavier Meritsons to be much sweeter. Right. Which we'll kind of maybe touch on a little bit uh, later. Yes. But, but yeah, this, this one's definitely sweeter. And uh, it's kind of an interesting story, which I've heard before. I'll let you tell it, right. though, Chris, okay. about why they call these March beers or what are Meritzen beers? Why is it a March beer? So due to the Rheinheitskabat, the German beer law, um, was like 500 some years ago now, um, they were only allowed to brew during certain months. And typically that was during the winter months. So March kind of marked the end of toward the brewing towards the brewing season so they would brew these beers and put them in caves to keep them cold for the summer months and then they would wait until they can start drinking again in September to pull them out and start drinking and they drink them pretty quick because <laughs> again it's brewing season and they have to get rid of this supply of beer and then just kind of repeat Make the some process room. yeah yeah and then that's kind of where the Meritzen or Oktoberfest came from too, yeah. celebrating that. Because this came out before refrigeration. I mean, yeah. these beers started being made, and and in Germany, certainly they were brewing before they had modern refrigeration, and right. they couldn't. They could brew in the cool months, but in hot months, you can't make a lager beer. I mean, and we'll get into a little bit later, maybe of what a lager beer is, but or why that's true. But they couldn't, so they had to make these in the winter times or the cool months. And the March was the last month they could pretty much brew. Right. And that became the the last. I mean, maybe the beers they drank in the rest of the summer were brewed in 
February and, right. and maybe early <laughs> March. But really, these would be the last ones they'd hold off to drink in the fall before they started brewing right. again. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's what you were saying. They would brew season started again in the fall. So yeah, that that's kind of cool that you know that that's what they did and how they did it and 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 that's become a little bit of a tradition that some breweries still want to make a beer in March, set it aside somewhere, keep it cold, mm-hmm. and big. I mean, a bad shepherd is the only beer I think we're having today that's truly made in the spring. Oh, he, he did this in, in, in lager uh, all summer. He yeah, does lager that's awesome. A, a yeah, long, I didn't know very that. long length of time. And I know we're going to kind of touch a little bit mm-hmm. on lagering later, but yeah, that's an important fact yeah. uh, for this particular brewery. Uh, you know, the lagering time is it takes a while, you know, to get right. to the final time. Yeah, correctly, so, yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Which, you know, we'll touch on. But. Yeah, I'm sure that, that, you know, a lot of our brewers, because they can't tie up their tanks, they're small brewers, oh, sure. they Spaces. can't tie up tanks yeah. for a long time. I'm just so happy we've got a guy like uh, Ross at Bad Shepherd where he does tie up a tank. He does. Gets the management, I mean, gets the owners to say, okay, you can tie that tank up. And mm-hmm. instead of making lots of beers and, you know, turning them over, mm-hmm. uh, tying up that production, he, he's able to do this beer. And so uh, mm-hmm. let's let's talk a little bit about it. It is, uh, it, I think, a little bit darker and than right. the last beer that we had. Mm-hmm. A little more golden, a little more amber. Definitely some caramel notes for me. Right. A little richer it does, yes. for me. I, I, I let it's, somebody it's else slightly, chime in. It, it's not sweet, but it slightly has that sweeter edge to it. it. Yes. That's what I meant by which, which, richer. Yeah, we're for, floating in it is richer. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, it's a bit more toast. It's toastier. I mean, toastier. and that toastiness mm-hmm. is shown up both in the color mm-hmm. and the flavor. And the flavor. As you like toast mm-hmm. a white piece of bread, I mean, the whiter grains, then, yeah. you know, this is well, becoming more of the, more colorful. Yes. And the, the breadiness or the biscuitiness does come through a bit more on this one. But again, mm-hmm. not heavy. It's complimentary. No, no it's a, a very drinkable beer, just, mm-hmm. just like the other. Yeah, so. let's talk about bitterness in this beer. I'm not getting much bitterness no, not in this really. beer at all. And can you discern right. any any hop aroma or flavor uh, coming out a, of it? A tiny, tiny, tiny bit, like maybe. Yeah, just enough to balance the malt out. Right. And that's yeah. about all, and that's what these beers really call for is just enough mm-hmm. to balance out the malt. You don't mm-hmm. want right. uh, a lingering hop bitterness or any flavor like that. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. Well, I think we've summed up... Uh, Beer number two, which is Bad Shepherd's Prost Allah. Yes, and, we have. Uh, I think it's time to move on to beer number three. I believe we'll it be is. right back. And we're back with beer number three, Aaron. Beer number three is AJ's Fest beer, and this is from Weathered Ground Brewery out of Cool Ridge, West Virginia. Okay. What do we have? Let's take a look. Let's take a look. It's definitely very golden, I feel like. Mm-hmm. Very clear. There's definitely some clarity. <laughs> see you through it. Yeah. Yeah. It's yeah. it's a really clear, well defined color and clarity. Wow. I find it very biscuity and rich. Yes. Very toasty, rich. Not sweet. Um, it's actually a little dry to me. I don't know mm-hmm. if it's yeah. you guys. I think this is a little on the very much on the dry side. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But the, the grain still gives it that kind of rich character through the, the malts. The and toast, toasty. And yeah, toasty. Definitely yeah, toasty. I get that for mm-hmm. sure. Mm-hmm. Really good flavor. It is a, a yeah. great flavor. I would say this is a, a very easy drinking uh, of the Meritzen style. No doubt. Um, yeah. Uh, because I too. these Meritzen beers, I mean, they're, you know, they can be... Well, they can be all over the place, mm-hmm. I mean, as far as color goes. And this fits right into the category. Yeah. It, with the richness of this one... I would 
for me, I, I enjoy it very much, but it would be something I would enjoy more with a meal, I mm-hmm. think, you know, as I'm, I'm eating. Maybe a dessert. Yeah. You know, not that it's sweet yeah. or anything like that. But, no, but I also I mean, get a, just a tiny bit of hopping on this one more. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it definitely comes through a little bit, but mm-hmm. it's not out of balance at all. But no, there's no, no, definitely some uh, characteristics from the hops. There is. It's balanced very well, though, I feel mm-hmm. like. Yeah, because regardless, you're still getting the richness and toastiness off the, the malt, even if there's yeah. a little bit of um, hop like flavor in your palate yeah. or your tongue. Mm-hmm. Yeah, very dry. Mm-hmm. Dry, but, but again, still rich for me. Rich and dry. is. Mm-hmm. is if mm-hmm. I had to pick two words, that, those would be the two words. <laughs> yeah, plenty of flavor here. Uh-huh. I mean, even though it's mm-hmm. an easy drinking beer to me, mm-hmm. there's plenty of flavor in it. Mm-hmm. It's uh, just great. It's for I sure. would say good balance. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Excellent, Meritson. Yep, I agree. Well, you know, I mean, we talk about beers that use pale malts and they're pale lagers. Uh, but even pale malts kind of give you a color, you know. Yeah, There's yeah, not yeah. Uh, when they talk about a pale beer, pale lager, uh, or a pale malt. I mean, it, it, there's color in them, and this beer, I mean, comes out with a little bit of color. It's still a bit pale, but you know, it's not mm-hmm. really what I call dark for sure. No, no, but, definitely, uh, definitely not dark. Yeah, but certainly the styles that uh, that came out of the probably the mid. 1800s chris when they developed things like pilsner malts and all uh, mm. and beers more golden yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> something like that but you know the yeah, thing they're, that, they're not they were they, they those beers weren't dark they were more golden and copper yeah. colored at the time yeah and i think one thing since this beer is so clear uh it's a good to talk about the effects of lagering and how lagers mm-hmm. as a beer category how they get cleared up i mean how does that happen when you're so, making them lagering is really just holding a beer at very cold like close to freezing temperatures for weeks or months on end what that does is it drops particulates out of the beer usually those particulates are yeast or proteins that are just kind of muddling mudding up the beer where it's not clear so when you lager that the yeast goes to sleep it falls down all the proteins tend to fall down too and you end up getting a clear beer that has brilliant clarity as com- uh, um, compared to an ale which isn't usually lagered and so without like lagering those a lot of the times they can be a little more hazy or muddy and not as clear or clean mm-hmm. as a lager because you're also getting the the cleanliness from a lager too from dropping everything out of it so they taste very clean they should at least so, yeah yeah so it's that temperature drop for it's the, the length of drop. time that makes yes. makes that everything just drops out clarity and, come up yes flavor yeah. clarity everything and i think that the perfection of these clear beers because mm-hmm. beers that were darker in color where you couldn't see how clear they were or beers that were just cloudy because right. they they weren't a lager style and hadn't been lagered they hadn't perfected that style but i'm thinking back in the 1800s i've heard that this is where the change from beers served in mugs like this mm-hmm. which are 
you know, pottery type mugs, stoneware mugs and things where you couldn't see the beer and right. the clarity. Just that, taste it. <laughs> yeah. That, that, that what happened was all of a sudden this, these beers became really clear and bright, I guess. Bright. And that when you put it in a clear glass, you know, you like a bright beer. It looks mm-hmm. so good in a clear glass because that light goes right through it. So that's when like these big glass mugs started uh, coming out in Germany in the late 1800s and how they're still used today. This is yeah. the kind of mug you will get called a Moss, M-A-S-S, uh, Moss, when you order a, a beer at Oktoberfest or at any other fall festival in Germany today, you'll get a big old mug of, uh, you know, glass mug full of beer, which, uh, you know, will be clear. So let's sum up this uh, beer number three, which is the weathered ground uh I already drank AJ's mine, best if that's beer. anything. No, no, no. <laughs> no it's... Um, <laughs> so Chris says it's delicious. <laughs> I, I look forward to Weather Grounds Fest Beer every year. They're mm-hmm. Meritson. They call it AJ's Fest Beer. But it's always well done. Uh, classic example of, of an American Meritson. I it love is, it. It is yeah. It is always a, a, a good Meritson. Yeah. And, and it's got a great flavor. As I said earlier, I, I, I find it rich in a great way. Um, and it, but not too biscuity. Like I, sometimes when I taste a, a Meriton and or Fest beer, Oktoberfest style, they can be overly rich or too biscuity, like all together. That to me is just too, it's a lot yeah. for my palate. Um, but this one, it, it's really balanced well. So I, I think it's very I agree, good. yeah. Well done. Yeah, I love the balance in this beer overall mm-hmm. and the drinkability to me. It's uh, so clean and well made. Yeah. All right. We'll be right back with beer number four. All right. We're back now with beer number four. Beer number four is an Oktoberfest that we have from Bridge Brew Works, which is out of Fayetteville, West Virginia. Okay. Let's check it out. Brilliant clarity. Should be. It's got some good color. Good hmm. and toasty. Well, that one is. Not too rich. Toasty. Um, still pretty dry, which is good. Mm-hmm. Yep. It's definitely not rich. Very toasty. The malt comes through excellent. Mm-hmm. Um, to me, the hops aren't too strong they're right there just to balance only they don't really stick with my palate or tongue i feel like there's definitely a little bit more hop you think it's a little more bitterness maybe uh, to me almost a not too much again but but compared to the last uh, one or two which you know it's a little more bitter yeah a little bit yeah and i don't find it as dry as some of the others that yep. we've tasted. The toastiness is sticking with me. Yeah. It is. One. That's it, probably why I like it. Yeah. Yeah. Can't like, get the bitterness. I'll agree it. with you, Aaron, yeah. that the, uh, you know, the, the dryness of this one is just, uh, just a slightly less dry. Mm-hmm. You know, still pretty dry, but less dry than, than some of the mm-hmm. others. Yeah. It's, um. Mm. Well. Tasty, right? It is tasty. Yeah. It is tasty. <laughs> All right, Bridge Brew Works. Here we're going. You know, uh, what this brings me to, to to think about, Chris, is the malting process. Yeah. I mean, we've talked about how the malts give it the breadiness, they give it the color, they give it the whether it's the sweeter sweetness or whatever. That you know malting is a process. I mean, we right. we talk about beers they're barley based. I mean, malt comes from barley. And I mean, traditionally, that's what it is. And, you know, barley is a grain. It's kind of like grown like wheat in a big field. And, it, mm-hmm. you know, it's grassy and those heads come up and the, you know, there's a big head of uh, seeds and they harvest those seeds, they cut them off and they, <laughs> you know, then they, 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 they just, uh, they, 
take those seeds uh, and turn them into malt. And so Chris, tell us a little more about what turns a barley into malt. So after they cut or harvest the seed from the, the barley, they put it on a clean floor in a warm environment and they wet it a little bit and that lets it sprout a little bit more. Mm-hmm. Um, then they have to dry that, which is called kilning. Uh, once they kiln it, it does give it a little bit of color, but if they're looking to make darker grains, they have to put it into a roasting, uh, I'm, I'm I'm not like a, a roaster, but yeah, yeah they roaster. put it in kind of like you put coffee beans in mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. they roast that grain. And that's what creates like the darker grains that you would put in a stout. Yeah. And these grains that um, we're having today are more uh, kilned than they are roasted. Yeah. So, and so is this where the color comes from? A lot. Yeah. yeah. Actually a hundred percent. It's where it comes from. Yeah. And based on the color of the grain that you put into your wort is what comes out whenever it's done and ready to drink. And what exactly changes the color of that grain? Um, so we can get, I don't want to get into specifics, but you, you have your base grains that are usually lighter color. But if you want to add or add character and color to your beer, you have to add more kilned grains or more roasted grains. So the roasted grains are going to be stouts, more kilned is going to be ambers, and then your light beers are going to be just like the basic like pilsner malts, which I think we're going to talk about here pretty soon. But yeah, yeah really the whole color from your beer comes from how these uh, how the malt is treated and the yeah. barley is. Yeah, fixed. so when they kiln malt, I mean kiln is just a, a heated, they heat it with hot air or something, and it's mm-hmm. just drying this malt, and the longer that malt stays in a kiln, or the higher the temperature of that kiln, mm-hmm. I mean it can affect how dark the right. uh, grains get again. So we're going to talk about some t- different uh, kilned malts and other malts you know, here in a minute, but... Uh, Let's wrap up the discussion of, oh, yeah. of this beer in beer number four. This was the Bridge Brew Works Oktoberfest. Oktoberfest, yes, out of Fayetteville, West Virginia. And uh, it is an easy mm. drinker, that is for mm-hmm. sure. Yeah. yeah this is, I tell you, these brewers are really They're killing, killing it. it. Yeah. Okay. Yes, their Oktoberfests yeah. have, have really come, come through well. And it, the variety of styles are really cool to talk about and taste and see the differences. Yeah. And I think mm-hmm. that. learn about. Yeah, for for brewer, I mean, for beer drinkers who you know haven't experienced a lot of these beers, I mean, I'd want you to get out and try these Oktoberfest beers because what they're giving you is not only the lager style, but they're not giving you uh, Michelob Ultra lager. No, I mean, these yeah. are giving you flavor in <laughs> oh, a lager. Well, and there's a yeah. lot in the process, and and as Chris mentioned, a whole lot goes into the decision of what color, what 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 style yeah. that they want. Th- it to come out and and that affects how they brew it and mm-hmm. changes the flavor tremendously so that that's interesting how how just a little bit of change just can a little make, tweak can change yeah. make a big change a big change in yeah. the flavor or the finished product mm-hmm. yeah all right well we're going to come back with beer number five beer number five okay beer number five beer number five is oktoberfest by the peddler out of Huntington, West Virginia. So what do we think, guys? Wow. This This one's... Yeah, is on the darker end of... Much darker. ...the Meritson style. Okay. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, so it's a a more full, a little darker, almost copper-tented amber. Mm -hmm. Not Mm -hmm. as clear. It is definitely not as clear. But it's still... Has pretty good clarity though. It's mm-hmm. just the darkness, I think, throwing us off on. I think so too. I, you and know, it, to me, this beer 
um, mm -hmm. yeah, it's not as bright in the sense of the brightness of the light coming through it. Maybe because it is a little darker right. in in color. Yeah, mm -hmm. I find this very toasty. Very, yeah, very much more rich mm -hmm. and toasty, and a little more sweet, less dry. Yes. Right. But but not super sweet. For yeah, me. nothing I would call like sweet. You wouldn't call it sweet like any you know no. candy kind of uh, yeah, thing no. or, or you know yeah. Wouldn't a toasty sweet. is is it's just prominent for me for sure. I'm not getting a lot of breadiness. I also get a lot some other and it might be from the hopping. I mean a little different. It's different twist on yeah. On I get that, that too. Yeah, mm -hmm. it's not really floral. I'm no, not sure. No, it's definitely not floral. Mm -hmm. I feel like the finish is definitely drier. It's rich and dry. Mm -hmm. It's just kind of like the grain or the malt is kind of like taking that and making it feel like it's not as dry yeah. as it is, I think. Mm -hmm. Yeah, now we talked about what malt was. I mean, how it comes from barley grain. Mm -hmm. And um, these malts that we're tasting today, I mean, sometimes there's... I mean, there's such a range of different malts, and they've traditionally been kind of categorized by how, you know, how this, like how they're toasted and how they're kilned and how they're done and how they're handled and processed. So yeah. they've given names to these styles. Sometimes, Chris, isn't it true that like a specific malt, featured malt in a beer actually is the style of that beer? Yeah. It becomes the name of the style. So, yeah, when you go to a lot of craft breweries now, the lightest thing on the menu is going to be a Pilsner beer. Mm -hmm. um, and then even some other beers, like Vienna Lager, I think De Devil's Backbone has like a prime example of that, which is a darker Vienna malt beer. So, I mean, a lot of beers now are named after the malts that are in them, which showcase the malt. So there are a couple of beers like the Pilsners and the Vienna Lagers that are named after the kinds of malts. Mm -hmm. But then again, I'm hearing there are a lot of other malts. And, and even those beers, they're not just straight one malt, are they often? Right. I no. mean, talk about a little bit about the different malts and, and how they might be blended. Okay, so a lot of these, most of these beers actually have the German Pilsner, the Vienna Lager, and the, I mean, the Vienna um, malt, and then the Munich malt. Okay. Um, the lighter end of that spectrum is going to be the Fest beers. Those mm -hmm. usually have like a one-to-one -one ratio or 50% of the German Pilsner mixed with the Vienna um, or the Munich. Mm -hmm. And then a lot of them will have some like more of the Vienna that gives it the darker color. Okay. And so the Vienna is a little bit darker than the Munich, so they would add that to make it more of a Meritzen style. Okay. So. And that's where, you know, if we were talking earlier about mm -hmm. the way these Meritzen beers came about, I mean, yeah. they're going to have a little bit more of the colorful malts, or at least depending right. on the, what the brewer chooses to do, you know. Right. These days, the variety is, is, is a lot. And so that's why we, we see a spectrum where we have these really light fest beers up to these really dark Meritzen mm -hmm. beers is because the variety is great. So you could yeah, another really thing, go any end spectrum. Another thing we've been talking about is that these beers tend to be a bit drier, but mm -hmm. some have a bit of a malty sweetness just in the background. And where does that come in, and how do they get different levels of sweetness or dryness in, in, a, in a beer? So that can be affected by a couple different ways. Number one, it's going to be by the kilning of the malts. Uh, some 
the higher kiln malts will have a little more of the richness to it. Some of the lesser kiln will have more of the, the less rich flavors. But then a lot of it comes into the way they mash these malts. So, so other than the way these malts are kilned, it's, it's how they steep these grains too, whether it's at a lower temperature or a higher temperature. Mm-hmm. The higher the temperature, the more sweet or less fermentable that these sugars that come out of these grains are. And so they tend to be a little more sweet. Yeah, so a brewer has a choice when Correct. they're yes. the, the different steps of making the beer mm-hmm. that, that affects how the beer might be less sweet or more sweet. Correct. Yeah, whether it's selecting the grain or what temperature they choose to steep the grain at. Okay. Mm-hmm. Very good. But, yeah, that is very good. Yeah. And the color is affected based on the... The, the selection of your grains. Right, mm-hmm. and how toasted they are or no. It, well, yeah, that would be part of it. I mean, that, the, yeah. that definitely affects it. Yeah, for sure. Cool to know. All right, so what do we think about this... this uh, Peddler Oktoberfest, guys. It's All right. more on the rich side of mm-hmm. the spectrum and darker mm-hmm. side of the spectrum. Mm-hmm. Agreed. Mm-hmm. I, I do agree with you now looking back at it. It's, it's, it's a little more dry, but the toastiness is, just really comes through that throws yeah, me it's off. Very, it's dr- uh, very dry and toasty for yeah, me. Yeah. The toastiness just gets me. Yeah. So it's kind of well-balanced, in other yeah. words. I yeah. Would yeah. Uh-huh. yeah, I almost yeah. get a background of kind of dried fruit or something like a, I don't know what to call it, like dark fruit, dried fruit comes. I'm not sure if that's coming from probably from the malt somehow and from could the be, process yeah, the of making the beer or, yeah. or even a hop could throw in that. Mm-hmm. Mm. Yep. True. All right. mm-hmm. Even though it's not overly malty. Right. Okay. I uh, think we're ready to move on to beer number six. Aaron, take it away. Hey, beer number six is a forest fest. Uh, that That's what the name of it is from Big Timber, which is out of Elkins, West Virginia. So let's check this out. This is definitely a very dark. Yeah, it's on the dark side. Dark side, yes. Mm-hmm. It is very clear regardless of the color. It is. It mm-hmm. is. It is. But it's got a great color. Mm-hmm. I... I uh, I, it's definitely darker than than copper. I'm not sure how, what I would term that as far as color goes. But. I even get aroma off this one. I can already smell. Yeah. The oh, you do yeah, get a little bit of that one. It, yeah, I think so. Uh-huh. I think so. Wow, this is this toasty. one is it, toasty, but for me, very rich, mm-hmm. rich and toasty. Yeah, more of the caramel type yep. uh, flavors. It's very yeah, very much caramelly. But not the sweetness of a you know no, like a candy not, caramel. Yeah. These beers shouldn't have like a caramel candy flavor, mm-hmm. but the caramel note, like yeah. the toastiness, the, the roastiness. Toastiness. No, but it no. is it is sweeter, and I definitely I don't find it uh, dry as we've described in other other beers that we've tasted this evening. I don't find it overly dry. I think you're having what I had last time. The toastiness is I think it's a little dry <laughs> too now. Yeah, it's dry but toasty, and it, it's well balanced because of yeah. that. Yeah. This, again, I don't want anybody to get the wrong impression. We say it's not quite as dry, but whatever. It's not sweet at all. No. I mean, it's not like what oh, you no. call sweet. Nope. And so, you know, want folks no, no, to understand no. these are all dry beers that we yes. have. Yeah. Yes. No, that was not intended as a, a negative comment. It's just I, I get so much flavor out of it. It makes it makes it for my palate not seem as dry. Right. That's well, what no. I had with the last one. It's mm-hmm. very, very flavorful. That's a good word for it. Flavorful, rich, toasty. Yeah. More filling, though. I think it'd be harder to crush like five of these as compared to like a lighter yeah. beer. Yeah. yeah. Fe- like a fest beer. Oh, for sure. 
but it's it's really good though. It is very good. Yeah, so I think um, we're it's talking a, a lot of good toasted on the edge of caramel flavor, um, and again, the aroma is, is low, but there's a tiny bit, maybe more on this beer. More, yeah, yeah. yeah. There's, I don't know. There's something else there, and I'm not sure what what how to term it. As far as flavor goes, it's not. It's not fruity, but you think maybe it's, it's a little f- alcoholic ish. Like you're getting no, a little bit no, of the no, no, no. It's that. more like a there's a, a different, a different, very positive adding flavor. Hmm. Um, and as I said, it's not fruit. It, maybe it's floral. Yeah. yeah, and that's a lot. Yeah, okay. I mean, a little <laughs> kind of like the last beer we had. This one also has the um, to me maybe that background of dark fruit somehow in there almost yeah, like a dried which, fruit mm-hmm. which but I it's not strong at all yeah it could be hops which these yeah these beers are have hops at just the balance mm-hmm. but that doesn't mean that you don't get a little bit of the characteristics sure, out sure. of what that is so yeah no, and as i said it's not it's a great thing it's not a bad thing uh-huh. I, I don't so the, mean that to be a negative I, comment i, 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 I got a feeling it. it's from the hops. kiln malts i mean and whatever choice of malts they've put in here are, and the levels because again these are blends of malts they probably all have some pilsner mm-hmm. malt probably Definitely. some munich, uh, and, munich vienna. and vienna yeah mm-hmm. different ones depending on what that brewer chose. And we don't know because we don't have the details, you know. And, oh, it's but definitely just, there. Just for anybody listening, it's just the idea that these subtle differences, you know, you're going to find yeah. something you like better or less better, you know, uh, in these different or just, beers. Or just the variety is yeah. what I enjoy about doing this. You know, this is our third, fourth annual Oktoberfest yeah. tasting. But I, I enjoy what our brewers are doing with their different styles of yeah. Oktoberfest and how they're, you know, they're, they're staying traditional yet. They're doing their own little, little yeah. for this preference. one. I, w- I wouldn't be surprised if there was like a malt that we haven't really talked about in it, even though it's something different. Or, right. Yeah. yeah. But in a good way, I, I it's, mm-hmm. it's good. I enjoy it. Well, and while this beer really isn't one that I would call it all hoppy, I mean, there are hops in here and yep. we want to talk a little bit, Chris, you know, you're the brewer. What, uh, the hops add to the beer why do they put hops in a multi beer even right. it's not going to feature hops like an ipa would right so hops number one their biggest purpose is to add in balance to beers especially these kind of multi beers if you didn't add these hops in they're kind of going to be like in your face just malt flavor and a little mm-hmm. bit probably too sweet so what the hops do is is balance that back out and add a little bit of bitterness but also they add a little bit of flavor too mm-hmm. um, these fest beers and and merzen beers they traditionally use german hops uh, for example be hallertau hallertau middle fruit uh, tettenanger mm-hmm. those aren't hops that are fruity like you would have in ipas or pale ales or anything like that they'd be more herbal earthy yeah or definitely earthy slightly floral like aaron mentioned earlier mm-hmm. um and i mean it, these beers they do showcase a little bit of the hop but it's all about the malt so yeah, so yeah it doesn't, it's really like, for balance in these kind of beers yeah. yeah yeah mm-hmm. all right yeah, that that that's a great explanation. Yeah, some of the beers we've had, um, you could taste a little bit more of the the hop, and then less in some other ones. And so, what we mentioned, the variety for these kind of beers is just crazy for brewers these days. Whether it's the malt, the hops, the process, and everything. so many varieties, yeah. you know, in in today's world. 
a craft beer consumer that wants uh, Fest or, uh, you know, Meriton style mm-hmm. beer is going to go for that classic style that we've yeah. been talking about all evening tonight. So. Yeah. Um, by the way, <laughs> if you're wanting the classic style, a lot of these beers we've had tonight are spot on. Oh, mm-hmm. they have been. Expe- yes. I mean, as American versions, they're excellent. So, All right. So to sum up this beer, this uh, Forest Fest from Big Timber, what do we think? I feel like it's... Uh, balance for very well Uh, to me this is what i would think a meritson is when i think meritson i always think rich for some reason Mm -hmm. this is a very rich meritson and it's excellent i'm not crushable because it feels heavy but it's not so i don't know but i i think that the heavy the heavy part it for me is the flavor not Mm -hmm. the mouthfeel right like there's definitely not a heavy mouthfeel yeah but i give this beer definitely has a a medium body it's not a light beer at all right yeah i mean right for mouthfeel and all but overall it's it's not heavy for me right balance well and again uh, you know there's there's definitely uh some sweetness some richness there yeah but but light Mm -hmm. and finishes for me a little bit like i said maybe florally Mm-hmm. But not in a bad way. Balanced well. Yeah. Okay. So we've uh, now finished tasting all six West Virginia-made Oktoberfest beers. Uh, how do we kind of compare these beers? Is there anything that, you know, you, you want to, like, Aaron, you start out, like, taking us through what you think of uh, how it, how they've stacked up? Ah, uh, wow. Um, you know, it's 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 difficult to, to compare similar yet different beers you know with a, a mm-hmm. fest beer style versus a marathon style and so for our lineup tonight i think um all of the beers that we had were a very excellent variety and they very much spread out on the spectrum mm-hmm. we had light and clear and crisp and dry and we had some sweet and also a little bit rich but not heavy and even more sweet and more caramel and a little heavier for me, but all of them were traditional October or F- Oktoberfest, mm. but also that encompasses, you know, fest beer and right. Meritsen yeah. styles. Yeah. I would say none of these beers were brewed out of the style. They all stuck stuck in the fest beer or the traditional Meritsen style. Yeah. yeah. Um, I lean more towards the fest beers because, I mean, I like the crushable beers, but on a cold day, when it's rainy or it's not snowy yet, but I would definitely go towards like the heavier, the Meritsen beers, mm-hmm. but they're, they're all incredible. I wasn't displeased with anything. No. I'm impressed with West Virginia breweries. Like yeah. 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 I couldn't say I could pick a favorite yeah i can't pick uh, a favorite they're all i mean every beer we had all six tonight they were wonderful i feel like we had for west virginia breweries we had quite the rainbow Mm -hmm. and i think that that's impressive and i think our breweries are are doing really well yeah i mean i love it that uh big timber made the fest beer style the lighter one that's the first time i've ever had that was beautiful this year and i understand it's out in 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 I think in, in the market, it's in distribution. So look for that beer. Uh, these other ones uh, are many of them. I know AJ's Fest beer from yes. Weatherground. That's out in cans right now. Um, Forest all, Fest. Yeah, out. Forest Fest from Big Timber, the, the darkest of the... It's funny, they, they made the darkest and the lightest. Available. Right. You know, of what, <laughs> yeah. of what the... Both you know, ends the, of the rainbow. The, the fall style beers. So yeah, both of those beers are going to be out in cans in the market, probably also in draft at many, many uh, good accounts. And uh, mm-hmm. I know uh, some of the 
Bridge Brew Works is more available at the brewery in Fayetteville. As mm-hmm. is the Bad Shepherd Prost Alley. Yeah, so is that, I think, I'm not sure if they put that in distribution uh, yet. I don't I know. I don't think that they have, but I, but don't hold me to that. Yeah, and I think the same could but be said for the Peddler. I mean, if it's in distribution, it's at mm-hmm. a few accounts, probably not that many accounts around uh, the Charleston Huntington they market. They did have it at Drug Emporium today on tap. Oh, nice. The, gra- the Growler Fields. Well, yes. I, yeah. Wait, let me backtrack a little bit. I know the Prost Ala has not been out in cans, but it's definitely in distribution as far as you can get it on draft in various places. Like the, I, I have, mm. I have seen it. You can get it as you know as far as a keg goes, but yeah. it's not in cans. That's good. Yeah, that we see most of these beers, and it's possible too that um, uh, the Bridge Brew Works Oktoberfest it's available for distribution from the distributors. I just mm-hmm. couldn't tell you how many of them have picked it up and where it is. So. And it's possible that it's also out, like the Bad Shepherd and the and the Peddler beers and a few accounts. Uh, I'm sure. Yeah. I'm sure. Yeah. yeah. I think if you find any of these beers out in the wild, you won't be disappointed. Yeah, if you no, pick one check up. them out for yeah. sure. You would definitely won't be disappointed. All right. So we have done Oktoberfest 2022. 2022. Yeah. I want to thank uh, Aaron McCoy, our co-host on West Virginia Beer Roads, for doing another credible job helping us pouring the beers and 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 introducing all those wonderful Oktoberfest beers. And for Chris Brown, home brewer extraordinaire here in Charleston, West Virginia, for helping us with some of the technical things that talk about a little bit about the malts and the traditions of all these beer styles. Sarah, thanks for having me. I hope I can do it uh, for a fourth year. (laughs) Thanks for being here. Yeah, thanks. Cheers. Prost. This brings us to the close of another podcast. Remember, you can subscribe on Apple, Spotify, or your favorite podcast host. Thank you for listening to West Virginia Beer Roads. West Virginia Beer Roads is a production of BrilliantStream.com.